What's on the menu for Welcome in. Welcome back. Week two is in the books. Labor Day weekend. Ontario got a heat wave this week for our viewers outside the province. So some of the games also pretty toasty, pretty exciting. Uh, lots of action late in games. So if you stuck through it on OUA TV, you are well rewarded. We're going to start in chronological order because the one o'clock game between the Carlton Ravens and the Laurier Golden Hawks, Connor, this one in the second half and especially the fourth quarter really, really took over. Yeah, this was a tight game through and through 20 to 15 win for the Laurier Golden Hawks. But going in to the fourth quarter in this one, the Golden Hawks had a 13 to nine lead with the Carlton Ravens hot on their heels yeah and it came down to a few drives late where ethan gregorich got an interception set up a quentin scott score carlton all of a sudden responds with their own major and it's oh my god we have 51 seconds left and it's a five-point game two and out from laurier and q the Luke Brubaker theme music. I feel like he is the undertaker at this point, Connor, because every time the game is on the line this year and offense has been trying to drive four points, he sets them back immediately with a huge sack. Did it in the Queens game in week one. He does it again here when it matters most against the Carlton Ravens. And I think for me in this game, that's kind of my biggest takeaway from from this Golden Hawks win is just the the pure resiliency on their part, the grit, the determination to stay the course, to not feel like they're they're you know in over their heads or anything, just to kind of stay stay focused, remain calm, and ride this one out all the way to a win. But that's that's really what it was for me. It was the resilience of of Laurier, kind of staying the course in you know when when Carlton scored late to make it a close game. They said, that's good. That's okay. If we play our game for the le- for the rest of whatever, 50 seconds, 45 seconds, whatever was left in the game, that was it. That was the key to the win. And for this Carlton team, it was kind of a bunch of question marks. Lefebvre comes in. They throw 45 pass attempts. I think it was more of a, this Laurier defensive front is not going to give an inch. And this is really the identity that Laurier is forming. We're not going to make the mistakes. We're not going to put the ball in harm's way. We're going to suffocate you with the defense. And then Elgrisma, the receivers, and the run game are just going to chew apart time, work our way down the field. If we get field goals, we get field goals. We'd like touchdowns, but our defense isn't going to give up too many of those. So as long as we're putting some kind of points on the board, it's going to work. But for Carlton, 45 attempts for Lefebvre in his first True start, I guess, as the post-Tanner Young era begins with the Ravens. Yeah, and there was a lot to like from Lefebvre in this game. Again, like like you said, there were some question marks going into, the, into this one for us with Carlton. I think all of those got you know answered pretty pretty quickly in this game. But Lefebvre, for me, the one interception aside, he still threw for 300-some-odd yards, had the touchdown, mm-hmm. played a really consistent ball game, delivered when it mattered. Put the put the ball in, you know, guys like Kasim Ferdinand. We know he can make plays, but he he put him in positions to make those big plays. One last note on Kasim Ferdinand: twelve receptions 
Do you think they know who the top athlete on their offense is? Kasim, we talked about it last year, was a threat to score whenever he touched the ball. And they said, yep, he is. <laughs> 12 receptions in week one for him. Uh, Ethan Jordan on the other side didn't have as big of a load to carry last week against Queens. This week, nine receptions. Almost half of Elgrisma's completions went to Ethan Jordan. Another pretty good athlete, if we can say that, on on the for the Golden Hawks on their sideline. But, you know, last week we talked about, or you talked about, I believe, we made the point of Taylor Elgrisma just kind of being a distributor, knowing that he doesn't have to do it all. All he has to do is distribute the ball. And I think that's exactly what he did, and that's why he was such a big part of the win this week. I mean, sure, no touchdowns, less than 200 yards, but – He did have the every goal line sneak, but – yeah, he had like the one said, touchdown. Right? It's, like, yeah, he's not throwing the ball fifty yards downfield for major scores like we saw a bunch last year. But we are seeing a more consistent Algrisma. Um, Laurier's two and zero. Carlton a really strong showing after the first yeah. week by. Yeah, uh, obviously Carlton gets to host the Western Mustangs next next week, but that's not the next game we're talking about, Connor, because the York Lions. And the Waterloo Warriors combined for 85 points on Sunday evening. This was evening. a ball game. This was a ball game. And if anybody hasn't seen it yet, right off the top, I mean, we're going to roll the clip in right here. But I just want to say, if anybody hasn't seen this yet, please go watch the Avante McCoy touchdown because that was a stick. Back of the end zone. Grab. One hand. Oh, my gosh. What a play. Now, I do want to point out that in the preseason, we when we talked with Coach Bertoy, he said that James Basiliga had some piss and vinegar coming oh, into man, the year. Did he ever? How about early on in the game, Connor? Second time Waterloo touches the ball. They go one play, 63 yards, and a touchdown. He wasn't done there, though. Because James Vasiliga doubled it down and had one more catch for 74 yards and a second touchdown later on in the game. I want to stay wow. on, yeah, what what a game from Vasiliga. And I want to stay on the Waterloo receiving court right now for a second. We do have some running backs to get to because there was some big days out of the backfield as well, but... You know, we talked about Justin Sucre being one of these guys for the Warriors. And sure, when you look at the stat sheet here in this one, two receptions, 14 yards. That's okay. For anybody who All watched right. this, anybody who watched the game, Justin Sucre as a return man, 107 punt return yards and a touchdown in this one where he was blazing. Like, see you later, not going to catch him throw up the Tyreek Hill peace sign all the way to the end zone. He was gone from the minute he touched the ball. How would you He's like very to have player? How would you like to have Nick Orr's stat line? Waterloo went for a different look at quarterback this week after Nolan Caban's four interceptions. Uh, Nick Orr, eight completions, <laughs> nice, eleven <laughs> attempts, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. Oh, and he also ran in a touchdown. Not a bad day for the young quarterback. His OUA uh, debut, three incompletions. Did not ask him to do too much. <laughs> no. But they did not have to because, like you said, they had some running backs who got the ball downfield. 10 for 110 in the touchdown from Anthony Miller. 
Quinton Springer, 11 for 134 and 2. Now, we saw York get kind of gashed last week by Yazbek and Edwards, and everyone kind of assumed that, well, that's Western. That's what their offense does. Uh, Waterloo came out and said, watch this, guys. We run a similar attack offensively with our run game. Let's see how they handle it this week. And they went to town. Not only that, they had two other running backs over 60 yards. Uh, team total rushing was 402 for the Waterloo Warriors. If we could give out a team offensive player of the week, it might be the Warriors offensive line. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. 10 yards a carry, 10 yards a carry. Are you kidding me? Clap it up for the Waterloo offensive line real quick on this one, because what a day on the ground this team had. And yeah, we highlighted Quentin Springer and Anthony Miller, but there were still two other backs in Aiden Popovich Henry, eight carries, 69 yards on the ground. And then they had Tal Ibrahim, eight carries, 62 yards on the ground, 400 yards, like you said. It was it was a damn impressive showing on the ground game for the Waterloo Warriors in this one. Now, let's flip the script here because last week we saw York get shut out in their season opener against the Western Mustangs. Uh People were kind of wondering, where was this offense going to go? And for York, I think they responded pretty well. Owen Webb, 12 for 22 uh, and two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Fawcett, 14.87. And Avante McCoy had himself a day with both touchdowns rushing and the one-hander that you guys have already seen. Uh, This team kind of put together multiple pieces to help stay in the game and make it really competitive, including the man, Alfred Olay. 110 to the house? 110 <laughs> to the house? Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, he uh, he is something special returning the ball. But the big thing here is York kept themselves in this game. It was yeah. 26 to 43 at one point. So they were still matching almost score for score with the Waterloo offense, despite Waterloo really just dominating the game on the ground. Yeah, this was a, a really impressive game as as a whole for me with York. They did a lot of great things, especially with a young quarterback in, in Owen Webb. I think, you know, we continue to see positive progression. We continue to see development. And then we continue to see the guys that they need to make the big plays like an Alfred Ole, whether he's doing it, receiving or returning, whatever it is, those types of guys are making the plays when they need them. So all things considered, yeah, they're 0-2, but there's been a lot to look at and a lot to point at that you can really, really like from this York Lions team, which is really refreshing and it's great for OUA football. I have one more question for you, Connor. Shoot. Do you like field goals? Yeah. So do the Ottawa GGs. Your Ottawa GGs. As we Campbell move Fair. to the game, I was at five for five from Campbell Fair. Sam Hankey went one for two as well. Um, six field goals and one touchdown in this game was all the scoring we had. Uh, as the GGs topped the Varsity Blues 15 to 10. I was there for this one. Uh I'll kind of ask you for your opinion and what you thought of the game initially. Yeah, I mean, overall, 
there wasn't it wasn't a high scoring game. It wasn't like there was touchdowns to to be had left, right, and center in this one. But I still thought there was good football being played. I thought Toronto really did have some some opportunities to win this game. It was kind of on a tightrope, leaning one way or the other for the duration of the game. But I, I think at the end of the day, when you have a guy like Campbell Fair, that just kind of seems automatic. He made the difference in this one. And the Ottawa GG's defense, they had a really, really good game, contained the weapon, the weaponry that the Toronto Varsity Blues have to offer. And I thought they did a really good job at, again, negating and limiting the X factor that is Kinsale Phillip. They held him to only 100 yards in this one. He was their leading rusher. Again, when you're stifling Adam Williams and Lucas Stoikos, that always does wonders. Sure, some of the Toronto receivers had some yardage in this one, but at the end of the day, when you're when you're kind of limiting those scoring opportunities, it, it helps you get wins. So I think, for me, MVP to Campbell, MVP number two to the Ottawa defense. MVP number one B, Connor, on the Clark Hulk. 23 yeah. for 191. Connor, it Another felt insane like day. it took three defenders to tackle Hulk. Hulk the Hulk, as I believe his Instagram is uh, something Hulk related, but it was for good reason. He was moving bodies with him, Connor. And really, when you have Ryan LeCandro now at quarterback for what I believe is going to be a sustained period of time, um, Hulk is going to be the identity of this offense. It is no longer going to be Ben Merkel, Gendron, Malenfant, kind of spreading it out and really taking advantage of teams loading up to stop the run. It is Polk. And when everyone knows it's him, how do you respond as an offensive line? How do you respond as a running back? And for him, it was really well-balanced play calling by Belfay and the GG's offense of keeping him inside traps and moving the outside zone as well. Uh, Polk was the difference maker in this one as it kind of felt that he really set the pace and the physicality along with his offensive line. Now, to get to your point on Kinsale Phillip and how this game was really tight, uh, we'll get into this more on our podcast later, uh, I guess, Tuesday as well. Um, he had some really good moments. They stretched the ball later in the game when they needed to. Um, but there were some really critical points in the game that I found Kinsale Phillip just kind of made a choice that didn't really serve. Maybe that was the design. Maybe that was the read he saw. Um but it ended up kind of biting them quite hard towards the end and really put them in a bad place uh, in terms of trying to stretch and reach for points late in the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you in that one. And I mean, again, just to kind of circle back to Polk, when you have a guy like that, that's just grinding down a defense, wearing down a defense, wearing down a team, really, again, it, you start to feel, even if you're not that far behind, you start to feel like you're a little bit behind, you start to rush some things, you start to kind of have that sense of panic or sense of urgency. And, and you know, maybe things slip between the cracks, maybe the read was a split second late, whatever it may be. But I think, yeah, I, I think a guy like Polk had an impact on the game in that way as well, even though he's not directly on the defensive side of the ball, his ability to kind of grind the clock, wear this team down, had an impact. All right. Jump to your guys, because I know you want to talk about this team. They are all the way out at the complete opposite end of the province from us. But Connor, 
they are making waves across the country right now with how they are playing football. Yes, of course, I'm talking about your Windsor Lancers, how they laid the hammer on Guelph 41-18. I mean, I live in a house. Well, not anymore, I guess. I used to live in a house with two Windsor alum in the household. Both my parents have got to be through the roof right now seeing what their alma mater has done these last two weeks an impressive win to open the season against a tough mcmaster team and then they come out and they double down with an absolutely dominant statement of a win 41 to 18 over the guelph griffins not one not two but three running backs in this windsor backfield having monstrous days yes Joey Four. goes for well three and a receiver three and a half three and a half <laughs> 3.5 Joey Zorn 12 carries 111 yards Christopher John 17 carries 81 yards and Mambo nine carries 130 yards and then of course you alluded to him as well Liam Talbot 80 yards on the ground and a touchdown 75 of which came on one jet a little, sweep a little jet sweep play. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no, I, I think, you know, as, as a team, as a whole, again, Windsor came out, made some noise, Danny Skelton, no interceptions this week. And, you know, a lot like a perfect QBR from Danny Skelton, perfect QBR perfect from QBR. Danny Skelton. And I want to say too, about Skelton, similar to what we say about Ogersma, like, He's not the guy that has to do everything for this team. He's a distributor of the football. And we see that, you know, if you're just kind of stat surfing along, you you can see that in his stat line. He goes 18 for 21, two touchdowns, sub 200 yards. And that's if I'm if I'm a quarterback in the Windsor system, I'm like, heck of a day. Heck of a day. I think Coach, like, Coach JP does not want his quarterbacks to sniff 30 completions or 30 attempts in a game. Well, I don't think he needs them to. I don't think their system is designed. I don't think their team is built that way. They have some really good receivers, uh, Thrasher, Jim, Talbot, Cunningham. But this team is built in the trenches, built on the backs of their running backs, quite frankly. And you know what stat really shows this, Connor? Time of possession, 39-45 out of 60. Yeah. They controlled... Two-thirds, 15 seconds away from being two-thirds on the dot that the Windsor Lancers held the ball for this game. Yeah. You want to talk about a young quarterback in Tristan Abood and Marshall McRae. Both saw action this one for Guelph. You want to talk about avoiding getting them in the rhythm. Like we talked about last week with U of T. You can't let them hang in games because they start to get a rhythm. Well, Windsor jumped out to a 15-0 lead. They were holding the ball, so you can't even get a rhythm offensively with your run, with your receivers, and it really showed, Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of a 75-yarder towards the end of the game from Malloy, Guelph was hemmed in on the ground. They were hemmed in through the air, and it was sheerly because of a lack of opportunities. 17 total passes. Um, if you take out the 75-yard run, then they've got uh, – 17 or 18 rushes so th- just over 30 plays total for the game that's a lot 
less than you were able to have last week. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to tip our hats here to the Windsor defense a little bit. I, I think, you know, we talked about this. I don't know. I don't remember if it was me or both of us, uh, but in the previews leading up to this week, we talked about how Windsor is going to have to have a similar type of day as they did against Mac, where you're going to need to bring pressure. You're going to want to rattle this young quarterback like they did with Keegan Hall, like they mm-hmm. did with Abood and McCray in this one. They, they brought that pressure. They got in these quarterbacks faces like seven sacks seven sacks against this Guelph Griffins team, eight TFLs. They were in the backfield a little bit. They were making things uncomfortable in the backfield. Like you said, they hemmed in the quarterbacks. They hemmed in the running game. What can you do against a defense that's getting this type of pressure? How do you get that rhythm? How do you establish consistency throughout the course of the game? How do you get comfortable? And the answer is you don't because every snap, somebody from the Windsor Lancers defense is in your face. You just don't get comfortable. I think Windsor's defense did a phenomenal job with that this week. It certainly was a great job of kind of disrupting. And in terms of the disruptors, obviously Guelph missing Anthony Mortuzo. Did the one key player being out really result in this drastic of a swing? I don't think so. I think this is just how strong Windsor is at the point of attack and how much they've really leaned into this identity of toughness that really the coaching staff starts with in their identity it's how they run the team and it's really rubbed off over the last two two and a half three years of them really building towards this big moment of bully ball it's like beamer ball down in South Carolina that didn't quite work out this week (laughs) but um No, No. I know what you're saying, but like, it's that type of football. It's that type of philosophy. And when we spoke to Coach JP for the season previews this year, that is something that he really stressed. He said, this is OUA football. The best teams run the ball and win at the point of attack. And that is what we're trying to do. And so far, through two, two games, they haven't just won at the point of attack. They have dominated the point of attack. They have become the point of attack. That's a good line. Okay. Now I have one final question for you. Who do you think had more rushing yards? The Western Mustangs as a team or the York Lions? Uh, do you want me to guess or, or I would like you to I guess? I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the looking at the charts here. If you are guessing, as our listeners, the York Lions, you would be correct. <laughs> because Western ran the ball a grand total of 15 times 15. for 68 Man. total yards. Name the last time that you saw Western. I know. As a team, get under 100 yards. Let alone one of their stud running backs that they seem to cycle through and throughout. Um No, this game was all about the quarterbacks. McMaster, I said it in my preview, there's no way they can throw the ball 50-plus times and think that they're going to compete with Western. They need to be able to have a balanced rushing attack. They were listening to you. And they said, bet. Keegan Hall threw (laughs) 55 times for 359, one touchdown, one pick six, which ultimately... Uh, ended up really sealing the game for Western late. Um, 
as it was kind of like the last drive, McMaster had a chance to go ahead in a 27-22 ball game. Um, Evan Hillock on the other side threw the ball 39 times for 388 and two touchdowns. Connor, this game was an aerial attack through and through where we normally see with Western, they are hammering home the run game. But if Scott Brady is going to play that hard against the run, you have to let Hillock air it out to his guys. And did he ever? There was almost a thousand yards of total offense in this game and 700 of it came off the arms of these quarterbacks combined. Evan Hillock, Keegan Hall had a battle. This was a great game. Like you're saying, Evan Hillock, 388, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But it helps when you have guys like Mose and Jamal who go for 173 yards on seven receptions. I know there was the one long one. I think it was 96 yards. Oh, there was a long ball. But still... <laughs> But still, those type of playmakers are instrumental to what Western does as an offense. And I think they just proved that, yeah, we don't need our running backs to go for 100 every single game. We can still beat you in different phases of this game. And they showed it. We we mentioned Jamal, who had 173, but we can't forget about Savon Magne-Jones. He had 100, 123 of his own. Seth my Robertson question, had a touchdown. My question is, with Mosin and Savon, is that the fastest wide receiver tandem? I'm not saying best. I'm saying straight up fastest. Speed. Because it we looks know like Savon is probably one of the faster players in the country. Mosin Jamal looks like he is stride for stride with anyone that he seems to be running against. Actually, he pulls yeah. away from most defenders, as seen on the 96-yarder. Um, Connor, this Western team... They have so much talent on the outside that I think they just kind of use this game as a warning. If you want to play a heavy box against us, have fun running with our guys because Mosin, Savon, Seth Robertson, Missouri, they're going to outrun you real quick. Yeah, no, they are. And, and again, it just kind of comes back to the point of Western being able to beat you in different ways. Now, I don't think we should take anything away from McMaster in this game because until the final minute of the game, this was a back and forth ball game. This was kind of shot for shot, blow for blow. Mac took a 16 13 lead. Then all of a sudden, Western goes up 27 16. Mac fights their way back into it. They do have a chance to, you know, they're driving. They've got a chance to go up again in the game. And then Ultimately, that pick six happens, but Mac, I, I, I truly don't think we can take anything away from in this one because, again, you know, we talked about uh, we talked about Western having these playmakers. Well, let's look at the McMaster sideline because Matthew Gale, 107 yards of his own. Jacob Patton did his thing. Jackson Cooling came out to play some football. This Mac team through the air, pretty. I mean, they didn't have guys going for 173, but through the air. They kept they up. more or less matched. Yeah. I think that that was the biggest thing for Mac. But but to me, the long-term question is, Connor, we can't throw the ball 50 times. I know it worked this week. For the most part, it worked. But we cannot build a long-term winning program over the course of a season in the OUA 
throwing the ball because all it's going to take is a team like Windsor, as we saw last week, to really control the ball. And if you make one mistake, you don't have the ability to rebound from it because they're eating so much clock. Now, this week, Western did not run the ball a whole lot, so they weren't able to eat as much clock up. But when you're throwing the ball 55 times, yeah, he completed a high percentage of them. 36 of 55 is a really great day. Good clip. Um, But, Connor, there's a lot of opportunity for you to put the ball in the dirt, put the ball out of bounds, stop the clock, really just kind of take the air and put it back in the football despite you controlling the ball for a lot of the game. Well, I mean, what's the – What's the saying about throwing the ball? The old football saying there's three things that happen when the ball goes in the air and only one of them is good. We score, you score, and nobody scores. <laughs> Incompletion, interception, reception. Only one's good. Uh, only one of them's good. That being but said... I'm with you. I, I, I think they do have talent in Keegan Hall. They have talent that they can depend on in Keegan Hall. But you can't ask, you can't ask them to throw the ball 50 times a game. I think you need to find ways to diversify your offense a little bit. That being said, Connor, next week, a whole new opportunity for these teams to really showcase themselves and how their teams are rounding out for this year. Uh, That's it for week two. It was a blast. Lots of points, lots of high-flying rushing attacks, and some big plays as well. We've got a ton more to come as the season unfolds, so stay tuned to OUA.tv, CF Perspective, and the OUA on social media at OUA Sport to keep up with it all. All right, outside notes from the week that was across the country. Connor, you want to start it in Can West, or do you want to stick with the OUA for a bit? Because I have a bone to pick. Well, if you got a bone to pick, don't let me hold you up. Connor, I'm going to set the scene for you. It's a one-score game. Ryan LeCandro throws an interception to Ryan Stewart. Ball is in prime field position to score a touchdown and take the lead in a tight game. The Toronto offense, first play, one-on-one against the best cornerback in the country, Kevin Victone. Doesn't end well. Pass breakup in the end zone. Second play. TK sinks into a cut coverage. They throw the ball towards TK again. Pass breakup. Third and 10. On third and 10 from, I believe, their own third, uh, the Ottawa 38, the Varsity Blues then try a fake field goal. Third and 10 is a stretch for a fake field goal. But they try to throw a deep ball off of it. Falls incomplete. It was actually a really nice play. It was just overthrown um but it had to be because cumberbatch patrick cumberbatch the other top long fast corner for ottawa was sitting right there with it so in your time of need your time of desperation your time of momentum you target the top cornerback in the country twice and then attempt a fake field goal on third and ten swing momentum right back to the ggs why are you doing that? Why are you trying Kevin Victome? Why? 
you know, know the result before the ball even comes out of the guy comes out of your quarterback's hand. Like it was a good throw by Kinsale. It would have had to be an immaculate catch because TK was draped all over the receiver. Mind you, my other thing is Toronto called a really good game offensively. And Kinsale almost threw three picks in the first half. That would have just blown it wide open. There weren't too many scores. The Toronto defense bent but didn't break. Um, but Dollywall almost had two interceptions on his own, and I forget who almost had the third. Craziness. All right, that's my bonus. Don't try him. Don't try him. You don't test Kevin Victone. That's just it's, no. it's a known thing. You don't do it. Unless you have Vishon Janusis or Raiden Thorne. Even then. Even then. <laughs> Even then. All right. No, trust your playmakers. But yeah, I, I'm with you. It's it's really tough to... Like, you have the momentum, and I know you want to capitalize. You get an ISO one-on-one. You've got some good space to use. And you put up a 45-yard seam ball, essentially, 15 yards into the end zone. Um. It's the right idea. It's the right play call. But when we talk, like, have you heard the analytics analytics thing with baseball where it's like, oh, well, it says that this guy should get pulled. Yeah, but he's throwing a no-hitter. Like, he's clearly in a groove that's well above his statistical curve, right? Yes. Yeah. In this scenario, yeah, you've got the momentum. You've got the one-on-one shot. You've got the great field position. You've got a perfect line into the end zone. Everything lines up for you. Except for the fact that Kevin Victome is the corner that you've isolated in one-on-one coverage. Everything else in the play says touchdown. But that man eliminates 98% chance of you scoring. Yeah. What would have been a really good decision and good play. So, I don't know. It's Ottawa has a really fast, long secondary but out of any of them to test one on one, he's probably been there not for the guy going to the league. No, he's been there for a number of years doing this yeah. at a high level. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. that's my bone to pick. Let's move on. What else did you like <laughs> from last week? What did I like? What did I liked, I liked all of the winning quarterbacks in Can West. Every quarterback in the Can West that won a game this weekend threw for over three hundred yards. Hell yeah, baby. Like, all right, let me let me read this out. I know you know, but let me let me read this out for those who missed the game, those who didn't watch Can West football. We'll start with Alberta. Eli Hetlinger, 21 of 31 for three freaking 80 and two touchdowns. Impressive. It helps day. when you have two 70-yard plays that come from five-yard passes. I'm going to say that as like a headliner, but no, Hetlinger played phenomenal. But then, okay, oh, then he still got 240 yards of his own. If you take 140 away from him, he still throws for 240. Moving on, UBC, Garrett Rooker, 19 of 25 for 305 and a touchdown. Great day from the UBC T-Bird. Final game, Anton Amendrunk, 18 of 31, 313 yards, four touchdown passes, but he did have three interceptions in this one. Now listen. I tweeted this out. 
because we talked about this last week. We mentioned this specifically. Okay. Let me pull it up here. While you're pulling it up, I just want to say Daniel Perry is that dude. 150 and one. Okay. Here's the quote. The def- this is a legitimate quote. You could find it in our Thursday episode last week. I believe it was timestamped around 30 minutes. Uh, the defense is going to hold them, the Huskies, in the game until Amundrud is comfortable, and then he's just going to light it up. Two of those three interceptions, Connor, were early on in this game, like first quarter, first drive, first play was the first interception. Okay? The defense... Pitched a no-no. The only points given up was Saskatchewan taking a safety to prevent giving Manitoba good field position at the end of the game. The defense went ballistic after the half. And it really gave Amundrud the time to throw for 300 yards. Yeah. Yeah, it was an impressive day all around from Can West quarterbacks. Uh, a little shocked with this Saskatchewan-Manitoba game. It was a damn good ball game. Hats off to the, the Huskies' defense after... I wasn't. Kuczynski's uh, was, a handful, man. He is. It was 25-7 to in favor of the Bison at the half. What happens? Sass defense comes out to play, only gives up two points... In the fourth quarter, and they go on to win this game 30 to 27. And you're right. We can spend some time on Jackson Tachinsky because I did say all of the winning quarterbacks impressed me, but Tachinsky in this one did have an impressive day in his own right. 208, three touchdown passes, another 89 on the ground. Like this dude is a weapon, a weapon. Also, I know I shouted out Daniel Perry in this one, but can we also Did you take hear a second his quote? to acknowledge AK Gasma? 72 yards of touchdown, and then he had another 45 on the ground. No, hit me with the Daniel Perry quote because I bet you it was fantastic. Um, let me try to find it. You want to win, you gotta be a dog. You want to win, you gotta be a dog. Love that. Love that. You know who else was a dog in this game? Nick Weeb. Nick Weeb. <laughs> Nick Weeb, inject seven and a half total tackles, a sack. Inject Nick Weeb into every defense and watch it get infinitely better. This man's a freak. There's a reason he was on the CFL scouting list. He would have been a top pick last year if he didn't <laughs> defer. No, I was I was really impressed uh, this week with Saskatchewan. I had one question which was how is the quarterback going to play? Got comfortable, let it up. The rest of the weekend, I was like, yep, Montreal, yep, McGill, Alberta, Sask, UBC. Surprised that X didn't blow the doors off a bit more and Bishop's, yep, market. So I was pretty comfortable. The bus got rolling in that X game. The bus got rolling a little bit, a little bit. Compared to the other rushing totals we saw this weekend, I can't really say the bus got rolling. Like Polk, uh, uh, I mean, he rolled for 148. Polk went for 191. <laughs> okay, okay. 
No, no, the, the bus, bus got rolling. rolling. The bus did get rolling. Um, I was happy to see all of the results from Friday and Saturday because I was like, yep, 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 yep. I went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of seven on Friday and Saturday. One, two. I did get the Toronto game wrong because I said, if no miracle, Toronto. So I said Guelph. And so I, I missed two games all weekend out of my picks. Damn. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I missed. I said Sherbrooke over McGill and I said Calgary over Alberta. And those did not pan out. Hey, Sherbrooke was close. Sherbrooke was close. But Thursday, we'll bring up a new set of games. Connor, it was a nice Labor Day. Stay safe if you're out on the west coast with the air quality if you're in ontario with the heat wave if you're out on the east coast where you guys seem to be living a nice peaceful lifestyle if you're in quebec where it's nice as well enjoy but stay safe it's the start of the school season as well so everyone enjoy your classes um at cf perspective at connor r o'neill at wade zag shout out to dave foxcroft the man who supports us all the time with Fox 40. Go and support them. Fox40shop.com. CFP15 gets you 15% off. But Dave is officially retired from CFL on field officiating. Congratulations on one hell of a career. And if we leave you with anything, we leave you with this. It is his saying before every game. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to.